BYU's had better trips to Austin, Texas. This one was not a fun trip as BYU falls 35-6 to to the Texas Longhorns. We're breaking it all down on Postcast. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is our postcast edition as BYU falls on the road in Austin, Texas, to the seventh-ranked Texas Longhorns, 35-6. to And lest you think it was an absolute blowout, well, you're not wrong. It was a blowout. But the problem is, it feels like BYU had one side of the football in particular show up and do as best they possibly could considering the circumstances while the other side of the football uh, was MIA. And what I'm talking about is BYU's defense I thought even though they gave up 35 points through at least the first three quarters they were balling out. I even say they, they hung in there for part of the fourth quarter as well. And yes, I know when you give up 35 points and it's a 35-6 to six, uh, blowout, you look at it and say, well, that's putting lipstick on a pig, Jake. I, I get that. But any of you who watched that game, BYU had two fourth down stops near the goal line on this Texas offense. They had two big turnovers early on in this game. Now, one of them was turned right back over to the Texas Longhorns, the first interception uh, by Malik Murphy. It was turned right back over by Keaton Slovis in his first interception of the game. But then they also got the strip sack on Malik Murphy, a great individual play by Isaiah Banya to strip that out and get the ball back for his team. But the Cougars' ineptitude on offense absolutely did them in in this game. I'm I'm not going to come on here and mince words and try and make it sound like BYU's okay on offense. They're not okay. A month ago, I sat in a hotel room in Lawrence, Kansas and talked to you guys saying that it's just not good enough from BYU's offense after they lost to the Kansas Jayhawks. Well, guess what? A month later, I'm sitting here. I'm, this time, I'm sitting in my home studio here in Saratoga Springs, Utah and saying the exact same thing. It's broken. BYU's offense is fundamentally broken. Do I have a good answer as to why? No. Do I think that everybody needs to be fired? No. Do I think that players need to step up their game? Yes. Do I think there can be some changes in terms of the personnel potentially going into West Virginia next week? Yes. I don't think there is a perfect cure-all for what's ailing BYU right now, folks. And I think at eight, eight games into the season, we're now at the two-thirds mark of the season. We have finished the month of October. Next week against West Virginia kicks off the month of November. It's the real deciding month in all of college football. This is when ultimately the championship games will be determined, what the Pac-12 and the Big 12 race, etc., are going to look like. That is what is at hand here uh, when it comes to the final month and change for the Cougars. And sadly, it appears that BYU is going to be a scuffling team who is not uh, on the same page, game in and game out. That, and it's been very evident from game one that they have had lapses on all sides of the football. Today, speaking of the Texas game, BYU's defense under Jay Hill absolutely brought it. Like I said, you have 35 points. It's hard to defend that. But any of you who watch with your own eyeballs saw a defense that gave BYU a fighting chance. The sad part is their offense could not uh, help them out. 
in really any meaningful form. And that that's tough to stomach for the Cougars. For the sixth time in eight games this season, the Cougars failed to go over 300 yards on total offense. Greg, Greg Bell pointed this out as well. BYU. The last time that they have had a uh, season where they've not had a 400 total yard uh, offensive output, so they've gone over 400 yards in any single game to this point in the season, goes back to before 1972. Yet predates Lavelle Edwards, folks. Even the horrendous four and seven, uh, four and seven, four and nine season in 2017, BYU had a 400 yard game. It was East Carolina actually in the eighth game of the season. The Cougars had 400 and some odd yards of total offense in that game. This offense is fundamentally broken and it's sad to say, but I don't know that there is a quick fix or an easy fix for what ails BYU. Let me also reiterate, I am not here to call for people's jobs. I don't think Aaron Roderick deserves to be canned after just eight games after he has put together some pretty good offenses over the past couple of seasons. Did they maybe make a mistake in bringing in Keaton Slovis? That is arguable. He has not been the guy that BYU thought he was going to be. There were points, I thought, in the month of September that he was rounding into form and he was going to finally hit his top gear and be the guy that could keep BYU in football games even with a lackluster running game uh, hampering this offense. It's not been that. He is sub-60% of his completion percentage. It's not good enough from him. He ended up this game 24 of 39, so with 62%. But it's just, he's he's not getting the job done. 197 yards, two interceptions, also had a strip sack. All three turnovers for BYU in this game, which, by the way, the Cougars remain, when they are winning in the turnover margin, they remain 5-0 and on the season. When they are even or minus in the turnover margin, they're 0-3. I don't mean to boil it down to being as simple as that, but it very much points to him. BYU why you wins the turnover margin this season more often than not I guess they're not more often than not every time they win the turnover margin so far they've won the football game they were even until late in this game actually that strip sack uh, was the third turnover meant BYU was minus one in the turnover margin it's just not good enough from BYU. I know I like to do these postcasts. I like to come out with the positives. Well, the positive for me was that BYU's defense hung tough against a very, very talented Texas team. Now, would have would Quinn Ewers have made it much tougher on BYU had he been able to play in this game? Yeah, probably would have been. It would have been that much more that much more uh, decisive, that much more um, surgical when it comes to what they're doing on offense for the for the Longhorns. But they had Malik Murphy. You have to play the the hand that you were dealt, and BYU's defense. Defense came to ball today. Was it perfect? No, it was not a perfect defensive output, but they still did their part, it felt like, through most of this game to give BYU a fighting chance. And the sad part is the offense went MIA. It was just it just was not working for BYU. Cougars ended up 3.7 yards per carry, 26 carries for 95 yards. Aiden Robbins, 12, 17 carries, 56 yards. Meanwhile, the Texas Longhorns, they carried it 35 times for 184 yards, averaging 5.3 yards per carry. A week after I thought BYU may have figured some things out in the run game in terms of they averaged 5 yards per carry against Texas Tech. This uh, Texas defensive front said, not a chance. You guys are not running the football on us to any significant degree, and BYU struggled in that department. It just the, the, the offense, I'm not convinced, can be fixed at this point. And like I said, you could maybe uh, say, okay, well, maybe make a change at quarterback. Well, here's the question. If Jake Retzloff is as good as some of you believe he might be on the bench, you got to get him out there on the football field, and now is the time to do it because – 
Now, as BYU goes into the final four games of their season, he can still play in all four of those games as well as a bowl game and keep his eligibility. That's the thing about this is this is the time if Aaron Roderick and the BYU Brain Trust led by Kalani Sitake believes that the offense may get a jolt or a jump start or uh, a rebirth with a new quarterback at the helm, well, going up against West Virginia is the time I think ultimately can come to fruition. Before this, it was kind of a hard decision to make because you don't want to burn that redshirt year for Jake Retzlaff. They really believe in that young man, but now is the time. I'm just saying, if they're going to try something out, I'm not saying you have to make wholesale changes. I'm not saying you have to go to Keaton Slovens and say, thanks, but no thanks, but you're, you're shut down for the rest of the season. I, I actually don't see that happening. But if you want to get looks at Jake Retzloff coming up this week against West Virginia, it is the time to do it. So I've got some additional thoughts on some of the other good and bad kind of bouncing ideas back and forth on this postcast that we'll get to here momentarily. But it is going to be interesting now as the final month and change of the season comes upon us. How many of these young men that you've been hoping to see that are preserving red shirt years with the amount of games they can play, how much more action will they see down the stretch run of the season versus how much does BYU continue to battle, scratch, fight, and claw for as many wins as possible as well. It's kind of that balance you got to strike and we'll continue to track obviously that over the uh, f- the next month or so as we continue on here. Alright, so yeah we will continue on with some additional thoughts we'll also get to your guys' uh, thoughts on the loss for BYU. Threw it up on social media and you guys responded in mass once again with a bunch of those comments coming up as well right here on Locked On Cougars. A word real quick on our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, my friends, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes is Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points all designed to meet your needs, my friends. They have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties, as well as multiple communities in Washington County, near St. George as well. No matter where you want to live, they have got options for you guys in the Beehive State. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories of townhomes and everything in between to make sure you guys have what you want and what fits you guys. And they are offering generous financing incentives to their preferred lender as well. So get started today by visiting perryhomesutah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's perryhomesutah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. Uh, postcast rolling on here. I'm going to just go ahead and do it right now. Let's just throw up the screen. You guys can uh, get your thoughts out there. We'll throw it up uh, and let you guys see what I have on Twitter. And there's a lot of uh, response, obviously, as there typically is. But uh, we'll let you guys. I'm going to push this to full screen. There we go. Now you can see uh, as best you can if you're watching this on YouTube. But we'll read this for those of you who are listening on the regular podcast. All right. So a couple of thoughts real quick before we dive into some of these comments. One thing I really liked is Darius Lasseter continues to be a highlight reel in terms of his overall ability to make catches. Uh, he had a phenomenal, another big play down the middle of the field for BYU on a, it was a post route, and I, I was really impressed with him. There were there were standouts for BYU on offense, but they were too far and few between to give BYU any significant hope of doing anything on offense. There were times BYU looked like they were kind of grinding and putting the drive together, and then they would shoot themselves in the foot. The third down situation BYU continues to find themselves in when they're these third and seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven situations, it's just abysmal. BYU cannot continue to operate the way that they're operating. BYU ended up 2 of 13 on third downs in this game. Brutal 
brutal numbers that are going to hamper any and all hope for BYU. Is Jake Retzloff the answer for that? I would, I'm would. i interested to see myself. I'd like to see Jake Retzloff take the field. I'd like to see it as soon as this week against West Virginia. I'm not advocating for him to take over the job full-time quite yet because he is an unproven quarterback at this level. He's never played at the FBS level. He's only ever been a quarterback at the junior college and high school level. So how will he fare, obviously, making the leap up to Power 5 football? Well, the only way to find out is to throw him out there. But like I said, I'm not going to go, if I'm Kalani Sitake, I'm not going to Keaton Slovis, but thanks, but no thanks. You got your eight games, and we're going all in with this kid. That'd be surprising if they did that. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but I could see it uh, in theory. Now, some of you are going to say, Jake, well, you've been uh, an advocate for defending Aaron Roderick. I have been an advocate for defending Aaron Roderick. He has put multiple players in the NFL. He has put together some really, really good offenses over the past four and five years. He's been with the BYU staff. The problem is this season, he is getting, uh, I'm going to give him a mulligan this year. And I, I know that sounds like, I know what it sounds like to you guys, but I just don't see any good reason to say, thanks, uh, you, you did all this good stuff for four and five years, but you know what? After eight games at the Power 5 level against the toughest schedule BYU's ever gone up against, sorry, A-Rod, you're done, get out. I just I, I don't see the wisdom in that. Does he need to obviously have a better uh, game plan at times and obviously put together better offenses? Yeah, that, that, that would be great, but... I just I don't see the wisdom in tossing him out, tossing the baby out with the bathwater at this point, and I think it's far too premature to do that. Like, maybe he made a, a bad evaluation on bringing Keaton Slovis in, and, I, and I'm not saying that uh, he he missed, but Keaton Slovis has not lived up to what BYU staff thought he was. I, I had enough conversations with people inside that football program that thought they could pull the best out of Keaton Slovis, and the fears about him being, as they, as the kids like to say these days, washed, well, I think they were coming true. He's not been the quarterback, the level that BYU has wanted, uh, uh, BYU fans have wanted, uh, since watching guys like Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall have some very, very electric and high-flying moments in this same offense. It's just the the one thing that he lacks is the ability to run the football, and that seems to have just uh, just hurt BYU in, in so many different levels. Other thing, offensive line regressed this week. Uh, their pass protection was not uh, awful, but it was also not great. Like I mentioned, they couldn't uh, run the football effectively, just 95 rushing yards. Wasn't their best effort, and the thing about it is, I, I, if you don't have time as a quarterback, it's going to make you look worse as well, and that's that's just, I don't know. I, like I said, there's no good answer for all the things that are going wrong for BYU right now. For the offensive line, they cannot get to the second level and block up linebackers and safeties like they need to be. These offensive lines that BYU has enjoyed with guys like Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall, their ability to run block, get the first line, the defensive line out of the way, and then get secondary blocks up in the second level was very, very good. This year, it's tough. They're missing blocks left and right. And by the way, they're not the only ones missing blocks. Wide receivers, tight ends, fullbacks, they've all missed blocks and critical downs and distances that have hampered this BYU rushing attack. Overall, it's just not good enough, and I'm not sure that, like I said, there's a perfect answer to fix all of it, and we'll see. It's interesting. All right, so uh, here's the here's the other thing about this. As you look at what happened on defense for BYU today, Crew Wakely ends up as BYU's leading tackler on the day, nine tackles. He did get a little bit dinged up. He was helped off the field after the game, but he did speak to the media afterwards. I'm assuming he'll be battling back. I was really appreciative of him coming on the podcast earlier this week. It was very good to hear from him. But you have some young bright spots in this defense who had good, great days. Siali Acera, folks, it wouldn't surprise me to see him take over a starting job down the stretch run. Kalani Sitake said at postgame today that they're 
probably just going to burn his red shirt. He has been that good. He was BYU's second leading tackler on the day. Eight total tackles in this game. By the way, BYU tackles for loss in this game? Seven. They actually had some very, very good moments, especially when it came to rush defense. I, I know, like I said, 35 points. The, the, the scoreboard does not indicate that the defense had a great day. But a lot of the statistics bear out that they did better than I expected them to do. And I, I got to applaud them. They, they battled in there. The sad part is, like I said, the offense just could not match what they were doing. And at times, it gets too tough to hold up under that pressure. And I think the defense cracked late in this game. And you saw the margin end up what it was. So uh, it's not perfect by any means. And it's it just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of over trying to uh, make heads and tails of what is wrong with BYU's offense because, like I said, I can look at different facets of every single part of what that offense is doing, going from the play calling to the quarterback play to some of the running back uh, decisions, the offensive lines issues, the wide receivers dropping passes. Uh, Darius Lasser, I said he had a great, uh, t- a great catch in this game. We also had one that went off his fingertips and ended up in an interception right into the hands of a Texas safety. So... It, <laughs> All parts of this offense are, are are to blame. I guess you want to, if you want to play the blame game, all parts of the offense. I'm talking everybody involved with it has part of the blame to bear, and it's just it, it it's sad because this is a team for BYU that it, it feels like if they could just get on the same page on both sides of the football for one game, who knows what might happen? But it's just it's not been there to any significant degree. It feels like for the Cougars yet this year, and it's disappointing. So I'm just rambling here, but. It's what you get when it comes to postcasts. I'm doing my late night thoughts. This is I. This is me reacting in the moment, or uh, shortly after I've watched the game, I'll go back and rewatch the game and have a, uh, more thoughts for you guys on Monday on our film review Monday edition. But it's just, yeah, like I said, it's not good enough from BYU right now, and I get that that's highly disappointing to you as a Cougar fan, and you want to see more from your team. All right, so promise we get to the uh, listener comments. We'll get to those uh, here momentarily, but real quick, let's get a word in on our friends over at UCCU. The UCCU mobile banking app is paying your entire family to learn about money, my friends. Obviously, we all want to be smarter with our money, and that's where they come in. They have broken down financial topics into fun bite-sized educational games, including quizzes and trivia, and the best part is every time a family member completes a topic with UCCU's Learn and Earn program, you earn you earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for uh, all kinds of gift cards to different stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family, and the best part is you can track your progress inside uh, the app and also uh, track it on leaderboards and compete against one another. The best part is it's all available inside the UCCU mobile banking app so you can play it anytime, anywhere. And of course, the more you play, the more you learn and the more you learn, the more you earn. It's simple as that. It's Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming financially literate together. It's all courtesy of your friends at Utah Community Credit Union. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars this postcast edition part of your day. All right, uh, it's your guys' time to shine. Let's throw out uh, the the thing. I already have the screen up, so you've probably been watching that, but... First comment goes to Steven. M4G, but it says, Defense was lights out and gave us a shot. Our opportunistic offenses luck didn't materialize today. Hats off to the Texas defense. Now, that's a good point. Uh, BYU, their offense had, had been fairly opportunistic most of the season. You're right, Steven. But the circumstances, I think, they found themselves in today, much tougher. And by the way, this Texas defense, I think by far the best defense BYU has played all year. Uh, Daniel Haslam, our good friend. Dan Haslam says, our, de- our offense, excuse me, excuse me, 
need our offense to reward the defense for their good play. You're not kidding. They, it just it, I felt like the defense just cracked a little bit under the pressure after keeping BYU in that game for a lot of the contest. Uh, Real sports fan at CDS Ha 99 says our offense needs to figure out how to mix things together to better. Uh, mix things up better and not do so many plays east to west. We need to get vertical more often, need to have more plays on third down that are closer to the line to gain than the line of scrimmage. Offense needs to vastly improve tight end passes over the middle. Now, that is a great point. Uh, BYU, I thought they would have watched the film against Houston and said, okay, Houston ran mesh and crossing routes across the middle of the football field to great effect. They had a bunch of passing yards. They made life miserable for Texas. But BYU, for whatever reason, I I don't know what they saw, decided, you know what, we're going to tack on the outside. There were some passes across the middle, but the short to intermediate passing game, which is what that mesh concept incorporates, it's the historical home of that uh, concept comes from BYU in college football history. But BYU did not run that. Do they not have it in the game plan is something they don't feel like they can implement at this point. I don't know, but I, I expect I am going to ask that question to both Kalani and Aaron Roderick this coming week in media availability to see what they think about that. I'm expecting a non-answer answer, but hey, I will ask the question nonetheless. Our good friend Alex Long weighs in, says defense played good enough to win. The offense was offensive to watch. I see what you did there, Alex. I expected BYU to cover, so I'm slightly disappointed in the outcome. On to the next one. Go Cougs. Yeah, you got to turn your attention to, to West Virginia. There's no doubt about that. All right, a couple other uh, comments coming in. Let's roll on. Uh, Skyler Judd, offense sucks. Time for changes. But here's the thing. As I mentioned, I think uh, Skyler, the Sky Pizza Boy Blue, Boy Blue, excuse me, uh, I don't necessarily think that you can make the changes as you want to see them. If you make all of those changes, this offense is is already struggling. What changes can you really implement right now that are going to make everything perfect. I just don't know that there's anything right, anything perfect out there for BYU. The, the, the cure-all for BYU's offense. I don't think it's out there. Bryce on BYU podcast says this. This changes nothing. BYU wins next week and gets bowl eligibility, but maybe it's time for Retzloff. I'm, I'm just saying, it is the time. If you want to see Retzloff play, if you're BYU staff, and I think that they do want to see him on the football field, you know what? Start working him in some packages. Maybe he is that dual-threat quarterback, and I, I'm just... I, I look at him and say, is he really as mobile as uh, he he needs to be in this offense? That's the big question. But I would start working him into the game plan and give him some series. Maybe script it and make sure okay, you have this series of this game and we're just going to go with it and see what you got. We'll see what happens. I'd like to see it happen myself. I think it is. I, I've kind of been holding back on that because you needed to get to this time of the year to really implement that, and I think it's time, obviously. Uh, Jake War says, obviously the offense has a lot of issues, and Slovis is just one part of them. Emotions aside, would you start Retzloff the last four games in a potential bowl game, and BYU can start building around him for the future? He'd still maintain his red shirt, and it seems logical. Thoughts? Well, I I, I, I get the thought process there, Jake, and I think that you're not you're not. not you're not alone in thinking that. The problem I feel like is you've had so much with uh, built around what Keaton Slovis is doing here. Can you make wholesale changes in just one week's time? Which, by the way, you're making a, the 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 dreaded two time zone trip to the East Coast, which has been very tough for BYU. By the way, if you guys did not hear, it is a 5 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff out in uh, West Virginia for BYU and the Mountaineers. I just I, I don't know. That this is the week where you just say, "Hey, thanks, Keaton. You're benched, and Jake, get in there." You're the guy. I don't see that quite yet, but you may start, like I said, massaging him into the game plan where he plays a series here and there in the game plan and see how that goes. If he comes out and lights the world on fire, well, guess what? You say, Keaton, thanks, but uh, you've been great, but we're going with this kid. But he's got to prove that before you do that, I think. All right. 
John Higley here. JD Higster. I think it's funny that Utah football lost by the same score. I still love BYU football and always will. Hashtag go Cougs. Uh, good point, uh, John Higley. Both teams, BYU and Utah, lost by the score of 35-6. to Now, Utah was at home and BYU was on the road, but uh, interesting there. All right, other ones coming in here. Casey Finlinson, this, uh, this defense is a revelation under Jay Hill. The offense is a disappointment right now. The offensive coaching staff seems unsure, and that is showing up on the players on the field. Their use of timeouts out of sheer confusion or lack of communication is infuriating. Now, the situation at the end of the half, by the way, BYU could not call a second consecutive timeout. The referees noticed it and forced BYU back onto the field, and they had to take that delay of game before kicking the field goal. You've got to understand that. That is on coaching. Kalani Sitake owned that in postgame, but it's eight games in the season. That, that 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 excuse or that answer from him is wearing thin. I get that. And they've got to get it cleaned up. I just I don't know what is going on. I would have thought you would have had people more on top of this from the coaching staff, but it's just not been that way. Uh, Nick Lee, offense is making has serious fundamental issues. Coaching, quarterback decision making. This offense needs a mobile QB. The defense did all it could. This is half of a team right now. Uh, after today's game, yeah, they are half a team. That defense, I said, hung tough and just not good enough uh, from the Cougars. All right, let's roll down here. Mojo are good friend. Hey, I'm an optimist. Two turnovers and two goal line stands. Not the defense's fault. The offense did nothing with those opportunities. The opportunities were there, and that's great. Lots of young guys on defense with a new staff, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And they're going to learn, by the way. The touchdown to A.D. Mitchell, uh, uh, Raider Demuni, a lot of you were bemoaning him being on the field in that circumstance. Well, guess what? That's a young man who I very well could see being a starting safety next year for BYU. That's a learning moment. He bit hard on the fake to Adonai Mitchell, and, B- and BYU paid the price with that touchdown pass that uh, Mitchell went up and got with Raider DeMooney trailing him. You cannot afford to let a guy go past you, and that's a learning moment for a guy like Raider DeMooney, and hopefully he'll be better for it moving uh, moving along here. Uh, BYU 4 Trey, a playoff bogey. I'm really proud of the grit shown by the team in spots this game. The defense, Lasseter, Robbins, all showed a ton of grit. Keaton Slovis might be the most inconsistent QB I have ever watched at BYU. He's good for multiple turnovers every other game and some absolute dimes. You're not wrong. It's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde with him in many respects, and it can happen in the same game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Big Uncle Pooh, so great to see how much the defense has improved over last year. I'm with you on that. The defense is markedly improved from last year. That is a very good point. Big Uncle Pooh, thank you for that. Uh, Let's see. uh, Tyler Bell here. I hate to say it, but if we have a good old line, that game is winnable. Defense really stepped up. Also, Slovis shouldn't escape scrutiny. He missed some open throws when the O-line did give him time. His decision-making was a touch slow once again in this game. I'm with you on that, Tyler. You need to see him be more decisive. If you see an opening, throw it there. It just feels like at times he's like questioning himself. It feels like when he's when it comes to getting the to getting the ball out of his hand. Uh, Jeff Henor, bench Slovis. I'm not. I'm. Just, I, I can't agree with that. I don't think you can do that at this point, Jeff. We also said this. And where was LJ? LJ Martin, as many of you feared, and I kind of I I questioned and I wasn't 100 certain was injured late in that game against Texas Tech. That's why Aiden Robbins came into this game. Kalani Sitake made it sound like it was an emergency situation. They probably would press him into action today, but they wanted to give him a week off, hopefully to heal up. So hopefully going into their matchup against West Virginia, he'll be able to go. I will see what happens. All right. Um, other comments as we scroll down here. Uh, BYU NLV fan, our good friend, Robin, running Reb D Humes, admirable, admirable, excuse me, admirable effort from the defense, witnessing the effects of a decade of 70 ish ranked uh, recruiting classes. Six wins was a stretch, but at least there's a chance to sneak an upset and go bowling. That's all you could ask for this season. Now go out and recruit better. 
uh, agreed on all points, uh, D. Humes. I, th- I think that's a good, good take by you. You are seeing those uh, recruiting classes, the recruiting disparity and the talent disparity was on display uh, in this game. Texas recruits at a top 10 level every single year. When BYU's stuck in the mid-70s, as you mentioned, uh, it's going to show up on the football field. So uh, interesting uh, interesting stuff there, but I think I agree with it all across the board. Uh, let's see, other question, other comments here before we wrap things up. Clint Bergstrom, defense with the exception of a couple of mistakes is good. Q QB play and offensive play calling are both in question for me. I think everybody's agreeing with you on that, Clint. I think it's a very good point by you. Uh, apologies, I'm not getting all these comments. There was over 70 of them, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So a bunch. But uh, let's see. Jonathan Hanson, I'm shocked by how well the defense played. The offense, on the other hand, whew, he had the kind of like the the uncomfortable sweating emoji uh, coming in there. Uh, let's see. Uh, bowl eligibility from Jazz Coog, 77. Bowl eligibility is far from guaranteed with the offensive struggles. I don't think that's the right take there. Uh, do we take a gamble, speaking of BYU, and make a change? Miles Davis needs more carries, and should Retzloff get a shot? Uh, I, I'm saying work Retzloff in. I'm not saying you, like I said, I'm not saying you completely hand the team over to him. I'd be surprised if they did that, but I do think you start to work Retzloff in. All right, so uh, I think that's good enough uh, for today with regards regards uh, to the um, to the comments. Uh, so thank you once again for all of your guys' uh, weighing in on everything going on with that game. Tough loss for BYU, but uh, no time to rest. They've got to get on their horse and get ready for West Virginia next week. By the way, the Mountaineers went to Orlando and beat UCF 41-28, to so they got back into the win column after a two-game slide. Uh, can BYU match what West Virginia is going to throw at them out there in Morgantown? Well, we're all about to find out. It'll be interesting to break that down. Obviously, like I said, I'll have a Monday edition of the podcast, our film review Monday, coming up for you guys after I have a chance to sit down and re-watch this game and Hopefully, I'll have some more takes for you guys. I'm expecting I will because I always watch the games thinking I'm going in thinking one thing, and I kind of come out thinking another thing. So we'll break it all down. We'll have that for you guys on our Monday edition of the podcast. A big thank you once again for making it your first listen of the day right here on Lockdown Cougars. And thank you to all of you once again who are uh, everydayers with us on the podcast. It's awesome to be with you guys every single day. And we have a great rest of your evening. By the way, uh, congratulations to the BYU women's cross-country team. The first Big 12 uh, championship is in the bag for BYU as Diljeet Taylor's team uh, took home the Big 12 title. The men's cross-country team finished in second place uh, behind four-time defending champion Oklahoma State. So uh, solid showings at the Big 12 championships for cross-country. And once again, congratulations to BYU Women's Cross-Country. All right, that'll do it. A big thank you to all of you for your support. Uh, join us again on Monday, and we'll break it all down once again, obviously start turning our attention to West Virginia as well. Until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.